This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. So welcome to another exciting uh, series of episodes that we are doing on empowering women. Um, tomorrow is uh, International Women's Day. In fact, when this podcast will be out, it will be International Women's Day. Um, and we have been or we have already been doing some really uh, exciting episodes with uh, women coming from all walks of life. Uh, one of them was Mariam Popal Zahid, uh, who was from Afghan Women on the Move. Um, and there have been several others from different countries coming here and sharing their wonderful stories. Um, in today's episode, we are joined with a very, very special guest. Um, none other than the wife of our uh, beloved co-host, George Mavros. So welcome to today's podcast, Sharon. Um, and I'm not going to uh, waste my time introducing you because I know you're better off doing that. Thanks, Saurabh. My name is Sharon Mavros. I'm a retail cluster manager that works in retail. And I'm fortunate enough to be married to this other gentleman here, the grey-haired old man there, George. We celebrated our second wedding anniversary yesterday. So thank you for inviting me to be a part of your series. I'm very honoured. You know, uh, before I start off with this uh, podcast, um... I would, I would, I would like to know your comments on this uh, theme that we are keeping on empowering women. Uh, your general comments on how things have kind of evolved over, over a period of time. When we talk of, uh, when we talk about women empowerment in general, um, you know, times have changed. Fifty years ago or hundred years ago, now things are very different. You know, women are considered as equals, and even more than that, in in occasions of uh, leadership and industry and politics. You see everywhere women have kind of gained their respect uh, and pride, isn't it, Sharon? It's a great thing to see that women are being recognised in the broader world and that we're no longer in that position where women are recognised as being simply homemakers or that's our domain only. It's a very hard thing to try and have it all. And I think every woman who has raised a family, had a partner and tried to hold down a job or a career has struggled with it. And I know I have over my time. And it's just great that we recognise and celebrate women in such a fabulous way with International Women's Day. And we look at things like how far we've come but we also need to look at how far we've still got to go. Uh, wonderfully put forward, Sharon. Um, and coming back to today's topic, um, I know this topic is uh, very, very uh, interested about and linked to what you have already done uh, and uh, you have already worked in the fashion industry as well. So uh, women stylist, mentors and influencers, what's the connection? Talking to you about that, would you like to explain our uh, listeners about that topic? So my role is varied. I'm a stylist. I've worked in the fashion industry for over 18 years. I'm in a really privileged position that I get to work with women in the roles that I've been in. 
and I get to have an influence on them in the fitting room. Some of these women come to me very uncomfortable in their own bodies. They've had children. They've gone through changes in their bodies through weight gain, weight loss, menopause, changes in careers, separations, divorces, all of those sorts of things. And they come into my fitting room and they open themselves up to me and allow me the opportunity to style them. Some of them come in and, and they're very well put together women and they look amazing and I feel like, well, what can I do to help you? Once you get behind that curtain, their walls come down after we've been able to build some trust and, and get to know one another. And in other cases, you find that these women are not as confident on the outside as what they seem to be. And I feel that it's my role to help them to get comfortable in their own skin. We know that this is um, Australian of the Year. Her whole agenda is about empowering women and body image. And that's the industry that I work in. And unfortunately, there's a side to that industry that destroys the confidence of women of all shapes, sizes and ages. Across my 18 years, I've worked with women from size 2 through to size 28. And I can pretty much guarantee that there's almost not one woman that's come into my fitting rooms and hasn't had something that they didn't love about their body. And I get to find the things that they do love and help them to emphasise that and help them to minimise the things that they don't love. But most importantly, I try to encourage them to celebrate the body that they're in today. And I think that's kind of the uh, picture that sometimes uh, women can take to their workplaces, to their families, um, because if they don't feel confident about themselves or if they don't feel confident about who they are, uh, that's the confidence which kind of reflects back at work. And that's the confidence which kind of reflects back when you talk to your male counterparts in your family, because you feel less confident versus you feel more confident when you do this kind of work with them in the in the back side of that. Oh, 100%. You know, there's something very becoming of a woman who is confident in her own skin and it radiates. When she's confident with who she is and where she sits in, in her world, it impacts every aspect of her world. You know, I've had situations where I've had young mums who have come into the fitting rooms and I've had to remind them, you know, my last role I worked in swimwear and I had to remind them that our kids actually don't care what we look like. They just want us to be engaged. So put your best cosy on, put your best dress on, put your gym wear on, whatever it might be, and just engage with your kids because they really don't care. And that came back to me quite confrontingly a few years ago, I've been through a, a transformation myself and had lost a significant amount of weight. And as a result, I chopped off all my hair. I was a weight that my son had never seen me at. And he said to me, Mum, are you going to grow your hair back? And I went, oh, probably, maybe, sometime. And he goes, but have you stopped losing weight? And I, I was 
quite struck by that. And I went, why? What's the problem? And he goes, you don't look like my mum anymore. And that really made me recognise that our kids grow up with us in whatever way we are and they just love us anyway. And so we've got to stop being afraid of what everybody else thinks and start to love ourselves so that we can then continue to love our families, our partners, and also progress in, you know, our careers. Because I know that that confidence has always been an issue for me. And once I came to accept me for who I was, at whatever size I was, everything else fell into place. It didn't really matter. And I think it's pretty fascinating to see how uh, women's styling can kind of affect your life as a woman when you take over those leadership positions as well you know we talked about leaders like Jacinda Ardern uh, recently oh. in our podcast and she's an inspiration a complete inspiration for women you can still raise a child you can still have a family but you can still be a leader of a developed country um, and you can still visit you know build good relations with uh, countries abroad and still tackle those challenges of COVID-19 and things like that. So complete inspiration. Before I pass it on to you, Sharon, for more questions, I want to now pass um, the mic or uh, the stage to George uh, to uh, kind of uh, ask any questions uh, for the first time to his wife. <laughs> he asks me um, a lot of questions. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so... You've talked a little bit about um, how you think you can assist people as a stylist in that. So what about, what is the, what is the relationship with your female employees that you're, you're managing, mentoring, coaching, influencing? Um, where is the similarities in, in that between being a stylist with clothing to your clients and maybe being a stylist with your junior employees, helping them feel comfortable in their selves? Interesting question, George, and it's not something that I've ever correlated with that, but now that you say it, absolutely. I get in my role as a multi-site manager and even before I, I stepped into that role, I worked with brand new team members who had never worked in retail before. I'd worked with, you know, women who had been in retail a number of years and women who then stepped into leadership roles. And at every step of the way, part of what I do is about empowering them, finding out who they are, what motivates them, what encourages them, what the direction is, because... Retail is not a career for everyone. The majority of the people that come through my doors are uni students. They might be international travellers. They might be young mums or mature mums who have still got kids at school and they're only there for short periods of time. They, they may not necessarily see it as a career. What I see my role is, is to help them find skill sets that they can then trans translate into other areas of their life and treating them as I've always wanted to be treated 
encouraging them, supporting them, finding out where they sit and the direction that they want to take. My managers, I would like to think that, you know, when I left my last role, that I left them with a little bit of something around them being empowered and that they now have a self-belief that they can achieve things that before I came along or before they learned some of the things that I've learned over my career, that they now can carry that forward. And that's the exciting part. That's the, that's the challenge that I love. So I guess I've always seen my role, particularly in fashion, is, is twofold. But as a retailer, it's about providing an exceptional customer experience to every customer that I'm in, in touch with. But in particular, I love fashion and styling and making women look and feel fabulous. But I want my women that I work with, in fact, anybody that I work with, to, to understand that they are amazing and that if they're not amazing yet, that working together we can get them to that point. So, um, you know, continuing with that, Sharon, um, there might be a lot of listeners, uh, women listeners as well, listening to us today, and they might be thinking, some of them, uh, who have not met you before, maybe they are doubting their self-image or they are doubting how they look like um, and different questions uh, which kind of raise um, questions on their confidence and they don't feel confident about themselves. So what's that one message that you'll be giving to them so that after watching this episode, they feel more confident about themselves when they go back to their room? I think sometimes we've got to take the glasses off. We have this perceived idea of what we should be as women. Magazines tell us so, social media tells us so. The one thing that I'm grateful for now is that I'm not raising a daughter in this day and age for the simple fact that social media has such a negative influence. However, it can have a really positive influence when used the right way. Take away all the filters, cut back all of the photoshopping that's done on magazine covers and look at the raw person, the woman and the man, because it cuts across both genders. Come back to who you are at the core of your being. Am I a good person? Do I have value? Is integrity important to me? Can I wake up in the morning and just look at myself at myself in the mirror and smile and go, I did all right today. Look at your children and the miracle that they are. And sometimes when we're in the midst of raising our kids, we don't see the influence that we have on them. It's not until they become much older and they're running their own business or they're highly successful at university or they've got an amazing career, whatever they choose to do, that you look back and you go, I had an impact on that outcome. And so we've got to look at each other and just go, I'm okay. I am okay as I am today. And if I don't like where I'm at, whether that's weight, fitness, health, hair colour, undersize, no matter what it is, we can make a change tomorrow. But right here, right now today, 
love yourself exactly as you are because if you don't love yourself it's very hard for other people to love you because what we do is we tend to push people aside um fascinating that's really fascinating sharon um i might point it out to george for uh, a point here uh, so george talks about mindset a lot in his uh, coaching sessions and he says that you can only create something with your hands if you have actually thought about it in your mind um i feel that that mindset coaching um is very much linked to how you think about yourself because if you think something here only then you will start feeling it in reality um and how would you link to that george because i was just thinking about your uh, quote and kind of linking it here with what sharon told about women you do me a great honor sarab when you when you repeat back things that i've taught you because that gives me the feeling that i'm doing something um one of my other sayings is this is who i am this is what i stand for and if it doesn't suit you enjoy the coffee and walk on by and i think if more women not only heard it but internalize that this is who you are this is what you stand for and if it doesn't suit other people that's their problem not yours but to bring bring it back to part of what you're saying sarab it is about mindset because part of part of the idea of the stylist is that these people can come and meet somebody like Sharon and she can help them with the outside so that they feel better on the inside now one of the interesting things is if you look at a stylist and you look at a mentor and you look at an influencer all three are playing with the mind and i don't mean that in a nasty way they're all dealing with the mind because do you feel good looking the way in the mirror do you feel good the way your business is going the mentor would say do you feel good by doing this or that you will feel good says the influencer or you get people like Jacinda Ardern and by default she's saying to to women this is who i am this is what i stand for how would you like to be a bit like me so that's influencing is not these bimbos that are on the tiktoks and all that other stuff it's not about that we're talking about real influences some of the greatest influences in my time was ogmandingo nelson mandela people like that but i also have great admiration as you know for jacinda ardern um we had a wonderful lady um running germany until not so long back now a lot of people criticized her i happen to think she did a pretty good job and a damn sight better than a lot of blokes possibly a lot better than a bloke that's uh, supposedly running uh, russia at the moment but let's not go there so all of those things the stylist the mentor the influencer they're all about helping people to shape themselves to feel comfortable with themselves to empower themselves 
to then not waste time worrying about other things, but move forward. And that's mindset. Yep. So if you can't become, um, if you can't, if you're already confident as a woman, why not become a mentor to another woman? Uh, why not become an influencer to another woman as Sharon is doing? You know, Sharon um, kind of is already confident about herself and that's why she showers that confidence to others through her role. Um, and I think that's something which can also be a message to uh, women who are already feeling confident about themselves. Maybe look around in your workplace. If you feel any woman is down, why not just go and chat with her? Because I'm sure that a woman can have a conversation with another woman, uh, not in the same way she can have with the men, isn't it, Sharon? Yes. Absolutely. There's something about the sisterhood. And, you know, I'm in a really unique position that I've got a group of friends that I affectionately call the Tribets. We've been friends, some of us, for 49 years. Um, and that's a lot of years to put into a friendship. These same things also come in the workplace. I've met some incredible women during my career that I have a lot of respect for, that I go to when I'm feeling doubtful. And, and you know, please don't think that my confidence is there 100% of the time every day because I've had times where my confidence was completely shot. But I surrounded myself with the women and men, but predominantly women who identified with what I was going through and worked with them until I got my mojo back. And then I was able to use that to then help, you know, transform other women, women who hadn't had a great deal of success, who are now all of a sudden having amazing success. Having that conversation, and, it, and it's a really simple conversation that we can have, and it just goes like this. Hey, you don't seem yourself today. What's happening? Hey, I've seen some things happening with you, and I'm really excited about the direction that you're going. Is there anything I can do to help you get there? I found this. Is this something that you'd like me to show you how? And those conversations are quite quite easy to have they're non-threatening and if they come from the right place if they're authentic and they're genuine and they come from the heart of wanting to help empower other women that's what it should be the sisterhood is a very real thing and i'm grateful for the women that i've had who have mentored me over my 18 year retail career but also the women that have mentored me my entire life, my girlfriends, you know, we're very fortunate that we, we have conversation very differently to the way men have conversations. And it's not something that I'd ever trade. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, when I was growing up, uh, sometimes my sister can talk about some of her things with my mum, uh, which I'm sure she will find not comfortable about talking to me or my father. Um, and that's why those were the conversations where, you know, we're not involved. Um, and she didn't even feel comfortable talking to us in those cases. Uh, just an example. You're talking about highs and lows, Sharon. I think everyone has got highs and lows. Uh, you know, you can't be confident all the times. There are going to be times when there are going to be lows as well. 
Um, as they say that life is not a straight line. It's always a curve that you go through. If it becomes a straight line, that's called a dead life. So <laughs> that's that's the life where no one, no one wants to live. So there are going to be those lows and failures as we keep on talking about George, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, look, um, if you want to understand what fast is, you have to experience slow. If you want to really appreciate what joy is, you have to appreciate what sorrow is. So if you don't have the downs, you don't get the buzz of the ups. And there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And so all we should all pray for is that our downs are small ones and the peaks are much higher. But I actually don't like too big a difference because then you, you can be all over the place. Um, but having failures and having down times, that happens. Um, I make mistakes every day and a lot of them I'm, I'm joyful for because I go, oh, good. The odds are I was going to make a mistake today. I hope that was it, and it's a small one. So, yeah. Um, I think the other thing is that, in particular in business, I've found a lot of women second-guess themselves, and I think that's partly because um, there's still an attitude of we're still letting them into the men's club. That's not true. Women are just as, and in many cases, better than men at running things. They bring a different dynamic. They bring a different vision to it. Um, companies that have male and female input are very successful businesses uh, from my, my experience. Um, and if you think about it, ideally, if you can have a mother and a father raising a child and you can have a village and most villages have men and women raising the child the child gets a more rounded education the child gets a more rounded life when it comes to business why do we think that a business totally run by the male is going to be better at nurturing people if there's a combination of male and female influence in the business? Why do we think it's good to have mothers to raise our children, but we don't think it's that good to have them in business? Now, it is changing, but I think we've got a long way to go. Uh, am I sad about how far we've come? No, because the past is the past. But let's keep it going. Let's, let's celebrate more successes. And if women have a fail, they have a fail. It's not a woman having a fail. It's not a man having a fail or a success. It's a person making a decision that was either right or wrong. Neither sex or any variation of it has exclusive right to success or failure. And I think it's a good combination that uh, men and women bring in to business when they are working together. So men in general are considered to be uh, bringing in values like strength and masculinity. Whereas in case of women, it's more about empathy and being kind to others. Um, and I think that's a good mix of values when you talk about business because 
I feel that you need empathy at times. You need strength at times. You need kind of a mix of both uh, tuning in well at times. I would say empathy is bigger than strength at most of the times because if you are empathetic, if you are kind, you can get a lot of shit done. Uh, showing off strength is kind of uh, a thing which we used to talk about in 19th or 20th century. But I think in 21st century, kindness and empathy will definitely prevail over strength. I think that's. I, I just want to make a point on that and, and Sharon, I'll let you back in in a minute. Um, when we talk about strength and we talk about empathy, Jacinda Ardern was suggested that she wasn't strong because she was empathetic. Strength is not how many guns you've got, how big your muscles are, how much you can yell at somebody. Strength can quite often come from being empathetic. Strength can come from nurturing. Strength can come from discussion rather than yelling, screaming and shouting. So we need to understand that strength is not necessarily about being able to bust people's heads and kick them down and blah, blah, blah. Strength comes in many shapes and sizes. I have a far more greater admiration for the man that has small muscles but a big brain and a big heart than I do for a guy that's got a small heart, a small brain, but big muscles. Well, you literally took the words out of my mouth, George, because that's exactly the direction I was going in. And I think one of the things that I, I feel that I bring in to both my career and in my personal life and, and through my friendships, um, both as a, you know, and with my career, I'm talking not just with my customers but with my teams, is that balance. And, you know, there are days when things don't go to plan or you are confronted with a situation. It's actually stronger for me to take a step back and to look at it through empathetic eyes than it is to lose my head and have a crack at someone because they've done something. It's like, well, hang on a minute, why? And, and taking that step back allows me to see it through from a very different perspective. And through that, I can then direct the result rather than rip, tear, bust, and as much as sometimes that's the first instinct, it's like, oh, really? Seriously? And then you go, oh, hang on a minute. Let's just be a little bit kinder, a little bit more understanding, a little bit more empathetic. And when you do that, you then find strengthening yourself, but you also empower the other person because they're seen and they're heard and they're valued for whatever the situation is. We don't minimise it. You know, quite often we think of, as George was saying, was that yelling and that kind of thing, that's a bully and there's no place in the world for bullies. That is not strength. That's just, that's just being nasty and it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary in our personal lives it's unnecessary in our schools and it's unnecessary in our workplaces. So by taking that step back and reassessing the situation before we open our mouths, 
we then build strength in our connection with other people and help them to be stronger within themselves. And I think a wonderful example of that was, you know, when I was in um, class ninth back in India, so I was around 14 years old, we had this topic of gender bias and we were taught why women in India or, you know, children in India, if they're born as a boy, they're given a cricket bat. But when they're born as a girl, they're given a Barbie doll. So we've already created those stereotypes that when a boy is born, he gets a cricket bat. And when a girl is born, he gets, you know, she gets a Barbie doll. And now I think the things are changing recently, um, you know, as Indian women have been doing really well in cricket. Um, I think India has started off with something called as an Indian Premier League, cricket Premier League for women, uh, where people are watching it, where we, people are going to watch women cricketers flourishing. So, you know, that's that's a completely different mindset. Um, and as you pointed out, Sharon, I think, when you have different kind of people in, in a team working at a workplace, so people from different genders, race, nationalities, I think there is always something to learn from each other. Um, yeah. Do you think so? Oh, 100%. And I think being open-minded, and that again comes back to mindset. If we go, if I, if I go into my day and I'm closed-minded, I'm not willing to hear, I'm not willing to observe and take on feedback myself from my team, I can't strengthen them, I can't empower them to be better at what they do. You know, just because they don't do something the way that I would do it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's simply different. And so by taking that moment to hear them, to understand them and to be open-minded about a different way of doing things. And that comes back to that whole adage of boys versus girls. Boys get a cricket bat, girls got a doll. I can just say that this girl didn't get dolls. Growing up, I was a book, I was a book girl. I read books all the time. But that stereotype, we also often go into our careers and stereotype people as well based on gender, ethnicity, sexuality, culturally, and, and it's something that we need to stop and we just need to look at the person. In my case, the majority of the people that I work with are women. So it's just I need to look at the woman that's standing in front of me and find out how I can learn from her and how I can teach her and influence her to be better at what she does. And it's surprising because quite often just through that general chit-chat and getting to know someone through the day, you don't realise how much each influences the other. And so by being open, particularly in my role as a leader in, in business, I don't just go to work to manage my people or tell them what to do. I go there to guide and direct them and, and you know, the outcome is that we want to achieve um, the results that, that are expected and set for us. But by the same token, I actually want to get something out of it too. And I've often had my teams teach me things where I've gone, ah, there's a lesson for Mato in this. So it, that influence can actually be reciprocated. Absolutely. Um, I totally agree with you on that part. Um, 
and i also feel you know just before we end today's episode uh some some of my friends have uh been uh, asking me about you know why only talk about women why not about men um it's it's a good episode to clarify that as well you know i celebrate both international men's day that happens on the 19th of november i've got the date on my in my mind for this episode and i also celebrate international women's day because you know there is i believe in total equality of men and women but why we talk about empowering women because you know they have been left behind for decades um and that's why it's important for us to kind of talk about a woman and empowering them it's not about taking sides and being feminine or masculine it's about uh empowering a gender which has been left behind for so long uh, and that's why we want to empower them and that's why we want to bring equality with them isn't it george yeah i mean one of the things that i'd like to see slowly evolve and develop over the next decade um is empowering men who choose to do traditionally women's functions without them being looked down upon made fun of and uh denigrated uh, i i can go back i can go back only 20 25 years ago i engaged i engaged a chap to do some secretarial work now the comments that were made about a bloke wanting to be a secretary what is wrong with that but the, the this stereotyping um goes both ways but the reason we're celebrating um empowering women and and women that are influencers and women that are mentors and women that are in business is because it happens to be around the time that we're talking about international women's day um if this was november we probably would have another male on and talk to them about what was inspiring to them etc and just so and just so you know some of the people who might raise questions will definitely have one episode on international men's day as well just to satisfy them <laughs> yeah going back to what you were saying sarab around women being left behind you know there was a time when it was expected that a woman stayed in the home but yeah. in the role that i have i have women who are homemakers and they're fabulous at what they do and they're raising amazing children and supporting their partners there is nothing wrong with that if that's what a woman chooses to do it goes deeper than that for me because we're in a society that is so heavily influenced by social media magazine covers and the very industry that i work in fashion you know there are designers out there that will not make above a certain size there are designers who will not have their label go beyond a size 12 the average australian woman is a size 14 to 16 there are a hell of a lot of women who would love to wear designer fashion but can't <laughs> and this is part of the story this is part of empowering women you know i'm fortunate to work with an australian designer at the moment who caters for women from size 6 through to size 20 i love that as a curvy woman i get to wear a designer product but not all designers are that open minded and so what they do is they exclude an entire sector of our community 
And that's not fair. So that then feeds into that whole element of body image and body dysphoria and all the associated issues that come with that. And part of my role in fashion is about breaking down those stereotypes. All women can look fabulous from size 2 through to size 28, 38, whatever size a woman is. You know, there's a saying that clothes maketh the man. Well, they also make the woman. And it's not about what you wear, but it's about how you wear it. And we've got to stop looking at women as a size, but look at her as a whole individual and what she contributes to this world, either domestically, in her family home, as a homemaker, a part-time employee or a full-blown career woman, no matter where, what stage she's at, we need to help empower her and let her know that it's okay to be who she is. I often say to, to women who come into my stores and they might be a young mum and through conversation I found that out and it's like this is a guilt-free zone. No guilt allowed in my fitting room. We can't be like, oh, I've got to be quick because I've got the kids going you know, I've got to go and get the kids. You've got to go and get the kids? Great. But no guilt allowed if you've left them at home with your partner for that partner to parent them while you have some much-needed time out because irrespective of gender, irrespective of parenting role, we all need that mental health break that allows us to be us. As a mum, I tied my whole identity in being a mum. It's what I wanted to do. I grew up, all I wanted to do was be a wife and a mum and be a stay-at-home mum. I had no career aspirations in my early life. And then my son grew up and all of a sudden I had to go back to work. And then I went, hang on a minute, as a single woman at the time, I also needed a career. I didn't just want a job. So there was balancing single parenthood, a teenage boy, and finding out who I was because this little boy was not so little anymore. And as he got older, he needed me less. So I'm sure that there's a lot of women out there that can identify with that element of being a full-time mum and then losing their identity in the process. And we need to do better as a society to support all women through that process. You know, that being said, there's a lot of women out there that are in a position and I've got very close friends who have never been able to have the privilege of children. And there's a, a whole, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but we need to be accepting of those women too. I find it really confronting and, and I did as a, as a young mum with one child when people would say to me, so when are you having the next one? When are you having the next one? Well, nine out of 10 people didn't know what I was going through. And this is one of the things that we as a society have to stop expecting of women because not every woman is in that position where she's able to. And so it all comes back to that whole empathy and kindness thing. Don't assume something of a woman because of where she is in that particular moment because we don't know what her circumstances are. Let's lift women up, 
women lifting women, it's the most empowering thing. It's the most confident building situation that I've ever found myself in. This is an Ultimate Global Podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. 